What is up, everyone? This is episode four of The Listening Circle. I'm Elias. I'm Luke. I'm Jackson. And I'm Liam. All right. So, last episode of 2019, last episode of the decade. Um, I want to talk for a brief moment. So, we're going to be talking about our favorite albums of the year and then our favorite albums of the decade. Maybe a little bit about how we felt about the year in review, maybe a little bit about the decade in review. We'll kind of see where it goes, how much time we have. Um, first, I want to talk a little bit about where the podcast is going in the future. Um, so as a lot of people know, I'm going to be moving to Portland, um, and I'm currently unsure about... Um, I'm going to be taking a break, at least, from this podcast for a bit, and then it's possible that it will continue um, either with this cast or with a different cast or over Discord in person. We're still figuring that out, but... The Discord server is always going to be active, so if you guys miss hearing from us after this episode, be sure to join that and share some tunes. Um, and without further ado, let's uh, let's get into it. So, our albums of the year. Oh, we didn't decide on an order for that, so I'm gonna... I wanted to be in the middle, so why don't we have Jackson go first, and then we can have Liam, and then me, and then Luke. Is that good? Yeah. Or should right. we go? Can we yeah. rock it that way. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, everyone's just gonna go over their album of the year pick, and um, and then we're all gonna talk about it. We're gonna open it up, and then uh, you know they'll talk about their runners up um, albums that almost made it into their album of the year. Um, and at the end of the podcast, we will have gone through a ton of recommendations that you guys should all be checking out at home. So. Jackson, take it away. What was your pick for the album of the year? Okay, well, uh, my pick was um, Injury Reserve, their self-titled album, Injury Reserve. I, I, I just really love their sound in general, and this one was really fresh. It was just really energizing. It's really energizing. Great to listen to them in a car, definitely. You know, these are the guys from uh, Tempe. They're critically underrated, in my opinion. They make some, some really good sound. One of my favorite tracks in their album, if not my complete favorite, is... Um, the uh, Jailbreak the Tesla, mm -hmm. which is pretty much a very bass-heavy, nice, punchy feel to it. Yeah, I love Injury Reserve. I saw them at the Observatory like a month ago, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, a um, lot of energy in that crowd. A lot of um, very, they're very Death Grips, very Death Grips. <laughs> <like. laughs> I've never heard of Injury Reserve up until like you guys brought this to my attention. But yeah. They oh, sound really nice. Check them out. Yeah, they're definitely, like, I'd say, like, there's kind of a growing movement of, like, kind of experimental hip-hop that's going on, like, kind of abrasive and, like, jazz-oriented and electronic kind of hip-hop. It really there. is. It's yeah. kind of Hip-hop in general mm -hmm. yeah. feels like, to me, it's where rock was at in, like, the late 70s. That's commercial zenith. And now it's starting to, like, splinter into a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think Injury Reserve is, like, kind of the best example of that. Um, their previous album before this latest one was also really good, Floss. Um, and their first mixtape was also really good. They've just been super consistent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I you, think I... what? Go ahead. I was going to say, you, you compared them to, um, to Death Grips. Do they, For sure. They kind of give off the same vibe, the same energy in their performances. And yeah. Kind of. I would say they're like if a tribe called Quest had like a Death Grips energy to them. Yeah. Like way oh, more heavy, sure. way more punkish than Definitely. like a tribe called Quest, but still yeah. has a jazz influence. That's mm -hmm. really good. They're yeah. Really good. Good That's the kind influence. of the interesting thing about them is they have some songs that like go super hard and they have other songs that are a little bit like more mellow and yeah. they're just super dynamic and all over the place. Okay. Okay. Good variety. I'd say. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so that's Injury Reserve. Did, Jackson, did you have any, like, runners-up? Uh, runners-up? Uh, I definitely have a few. Um, fuck, I'm not too sure on runners-up. There's too many that come to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of good albums this year. Um, all right, Liam, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. So my pick for album of the year is uh, the new Cult of Luna album, A Dawn to Fear. Um, I just... It just captured my attention right away, and I have been a Cult of Luna fan for a long time, so obviously I wasn't like going and expecting anything bad, but I was very impressed with just how fresh they kept it, because after Mariner, I thought 
maybe this band doesn't have anywhere to go from here because Mariner was just on another level, mm-hmm. like sonically. But I think A Dawn to Fear is a really good follow up to that, and is personally my favorite album of the year because it's just so epic, and they do what they do best in this album, like they do with their other post metal albums. It reminds me a lot of Somewhere Along the Highway in particular, a little bit more electronic mm-hmm. version of that. Yeah, when we um we played it for everyone before we started, um. I was just reading a document, uh, going through some stuff, and uh, when you played the track, it kind of pulled me out of it. I couldn't like help but just <laughs> sit and enjoy the music. There, I I don't really listen to Cult of Luna that much, but the particular song you played, it it really it was a a good distraction. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you can it get into them, they are super. What I was focused yeah, on. Very atmospheric, and they pull you in. Yeah. Yeah, Cult of Luna is one of those bands that I feel like this is the the case with any good post-metal that you can kind of like almost meditate to it you know yeah, you can. that's the yeah. that's what i felt yeah. when i listened to that track i felt like i could just sit back and relax meditate uh, reflect on things just listening <laughs> to that kind of music yeah but then like the heavy guitars come in and it's like a wave crushing over you yeah like, right. yeah they're they're awesome i agree with you about mariner too that album was like on a whole nother level um okay so my pick for the album of the year actually changed just like four days ago i was uh my oh yeah liam did you have any runners up um i'm trying to think i i would consider the new tool album but i've also like tool got me into music and i thought that fear knocking was such a letdown compared to their older albums that yeah. i can't even really consider it but i will say props to tool for at least keeping their style going because yeah. they definitely didn't like they definitely didn't like sell themselves short on that mm-hmm. album. I'll say that much. I know. Um, I found a runner-up that came to mind. Yeah. It's um the I Want to Die in New Orleans by Suicide Boys. Oh, that uh, was last year. Oh, oh, oh you're oh, right. Was, yeah. It was a good album though. It was a good album. Yeah. Yeah. My sister showed them. Thing, but it just doesn't bring too much new to the table for Suicide Boys in general. I feel like with Suicide Boys, they can just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and I'll still be happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good style, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and then so so my pick just changed. I basically throughout the whole year, I like had the album of the year question on my mind like all year, and my picks up until now were uh, the Denzel Curry album and the Full of Hell album, um, and then Cattle Decapitation came out with a new album a uh, couple weeks ago now, but I didn't listen to it until just this week, uh, a few days before now and um yeah there are i think one of the best death metal bands like currently out right now and i think travis ryan their vocalist is just one of the best vocalists like period of all time probably um it's at least as far as metal is concerned um so cattle decapitation they are i don't really know what exactly their style is called i hear like death grind yeah, a lot grind. yeah um I don't really know what, like, the... I guess the grindy parts would be, like, kind of the fast blast beat Yeah, stuff. it depends on the album, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this album... Uh, so, it's it's death metal. It's pretty heavy. Uh, but it's also a lot more melodic than their previous efforts. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I like about Travis Ryan as a vocalist is that he has a lot of different styles. He has the low gutturals, he has the high screams, and then he has, like, his clean vocals that are still, like, very animalistic. They're still and... good, yeah. And, oh, he has, yeah. and he has the gnarliest pig screams ever. Yes. Well, yeah. I love a good pig squeal. <laughs> that kind um, of range is very important to have. Yeah, as, for as sure. A, as a metal vocalist, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so what was interesting about this album, uh, in addition to that, is, like, I think in most Cattle Decap albums, I, like, the part I end up liking the most is usually the breakdowns, because they do really awesome breakdowns, especially with, you know, with the pig squeals and the gutturals and, um, and the double kick. Uh, but this album, there were actually a lot of parts, like, where they were kind of innovating with, like, faster styles, and, uh, there were a lot of, like, drum beats that I hadn't heard them really... Uh, pull off before and and that was something that stood out to me when you played that track to me initially is that there was just so much more nuance yes than before and yeah like, the... i already liked cal decap before so that just impressed me yeah the track i played it started with a v i forget hang on let me look it up real quick i think it was like vulture or something like that 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 was my favorite track on the album the percussion really stood out to me when you played that track yes. it was very mesmerizing uh-huh. and very skillful very artful 
Vulturous was that track. Yeah. Vulturous. So good. Uh, yeah, that was the track. It actually blew my mind when I first listened to it because they did like that kind of thrash metal part. And I was like, holy shit. Like I had totally forgot that I was listening to Cattle Decap because it was just like so um, different from what they had done before. But it still had their like style. It still sounded like them, but it was just totally in a new direction. So yeah, that's my pick. Cattle Decapitation, Death Atlas. Um, kick what ass almost album. stole that spot for this year? What was the runner-up? Uh, yeah, so the two runners-up were Zoo by Denzel Curry, uh, which I think is actually his best album yet, uh, which is kind of an unpopular opinion, but uh, I think it has like the most consistent bangers out of any Denzel albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Weeping Choir by Full of Hell, which is like a grindcore band uh, that incorporates a lot of like noise into their music. Um and I had trouble picking between those two. It probably would have gone to Denzel just because I, I listened to it more. But, um, yeah, those were the two that were kind of my top picks for, like, for like the entirety of this year. Um, so, yeah. And then, uh, oh, before we get to Luke, I know uh, Shane wanted to be here uh, today, but he wasn't able to. Um, he just, just finished a uh, semester of school. And so he was pretty busy for a while, but he wanted to just like chill at home today and just uh, rest up. Uh, but his pick of for album of the year was Fear Inoculum by Tool, uh, which we, of course, reviewed for our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, go check that out if you haven't listened to it. Um, and yeah, I don't know if we wanted to talk a little bit more about that since we already like did an episode on it. But um, I mean, if I had to summarize my opinion on that album, it's definitely not it's definitely not as good as any of the other Tool albums, but um, I think it was still a solid effort, uh, and I really like Tempest. Obviously, that was kind yeah. Of we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, going back to it, like once the the hype kind of died down behind it, um, it's still a good album. But I will agree with you that I think Tool's prior albums, uh, several of them, would top over this one. Yeah. But I, I think what really gave the drive behind this kind of album. Um, was probably the weight is what everyone was expecting and yeah. it it fulfilled that for sure but i don't think it necessarily beat what tool had previously provided um and that alone was like that alone is kind of like what took it off the chart for me for being like the number one album that get, getting to me that is my runner up that almost took it for me yeah. but um when I kind of reflected back on it and listened to it again, I was like, eh, you know what? I could probably sit down with a different Tool album and still have a better time than with this one, regardless uh-huh. even, though it is good. Mm-hmm. And then, so what was your pick for album of the year? What took over Fear Inoculum um, was probably um, The Search by NF. Um, that album found its way to me at a particular time where I actually um, really related and could empathize with the message that he was giving throughout the album that entire album um it talks it he's very personal about it with his audience and who's listening to him um i'm not much of a rap fan it it definitely gives off like a young slim vibe like a young eminem (laughs) vibe for sure yeah um but it 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 hooked me and it's definitely because i think the message that he was telling to the people that hopefully are listening are it's very personal it's very real stuff it's stuff that I think a lot of people go through that, you know, they don't really share. And I think that is really what kind of uh, toppled for, like, the, the throne of best album for me for 2019. It's It was the message behind that album. Yeah. And I will say, when we listened to the uh, opening track off that, The Search, mm-hmm. I believe it's called. It was The Search, yeah. Yeah, title track. Um, I definitely liked it a lot. I liked it more than I expected it to, um, because I guess... My own expectations with white rappers is so low because everyone outside of them is kind of mediocre at best. Mm. But um, MF really surprised me, so I will say big props to him for yeah. making a very, very surprising album to me at least. That he just took his lyrical chops and made it very clever and self-aware. Yeah, it seems. for sure. Mm-hmm. I just want to say you forgot LP, uh, other white rapper who's like. Oh no, LP yeah. is great. I will. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I, I will say, even, like, listening to Run the Jewels, I'll forget that LP is white. Like, even <laughs> while he's rapping on the tracks. Hey, but don't, uh. don't talk shit on Lil Dicky, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a beast. No, I would never. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, too. The guy definitely, um, definitely has a talent for, like, 
rapping pretty quickly, which I like. Um, and the beats, the production was solid on that track we listened to. Um, and I do like how you said how it has like kind of a, you know, tells a story. You know, that was why you made the Eminem comparison. I mean, like when I was in middle school, as we all were listening to Eminem at that age, like that's mm-hmm. kind of what I what drew me into his oh, music yeah. is like the ability to sort of like hear his like perspective on life. You know, you felt like you weren't just listening to someone talk about something in the abstract. He was talking about something that was personal to him. It's and... different when you hear the artists really get personal about what they've oh, experienced and throwing it on a track for other people to hear. It's, yeah, it's more inviting. It's not about like it's not about what the artist is doing and like the. The great music they're providing and or providing and oh look at me it's more like hey come check out like what i've been through through my music and it, it's something really, that people can relate to yeah it's really what makes anna special in my book yeah he does that with most of his tracks throughout yeah. that album and even in his other uh prior albums to this one uh, when i heard this one I, I went and checked him out and I, I gotta say the guy's very talented he's yeah. he's very good he's in a good spot right now all right so now on to the big question that's on everyone's minds at home listening. What would we say are our favorite albums of the decade? Um, so I think each of us has like two to three that we wanted to shout out, and we all have a main album that was our number one. So we're going to go ahead and start with Luke this time. Uh, I think as far as just shouting one out, I'm, I'm probably going to have to name uh, Billie Eilish's Where We All... or. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Um, I don't really listen to pop music, but this one found its way to me, um, like in the past couple of months, and I really liked it. I just I thought it was very different from standard pop music, um, and I don't know. I vibe pretty well to it. I I enjoyed it, um, but definitely did not make for like best out of the past ten years. I would say. Uh, in in 2016, the album uh, Magma by Gojira came out, and it found its way to me at the beginning of 2017. And I remember listening to that album on loop, high out of my mind, <laughs> for like a week straight. And what was very interesting, going through that whole like experience with that kind of music, is Gojira, the, the way they structure their lyrics and the message they put into their, all their songs, it's very very woke music, I would say. Right. Like, their lyrics are very deep, and they, they really try to throw the message, I guess, at, for lack of better words, at one's soul, at one's sense of self. And See the song Flying Whales. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and I, I think when I listened to that in the state that I was in, um, it really, I came out of it with a different sense of, or I guess, uh, sense of self-awareness. Um, how I carried myself and how I viewed myself. And I think that's why that album really stuck out as the best album for me of the decade because it, it kind of, I wouldn't say it changed me because I feel like that's a cliche answer, but sure. it, it definitely, yeah. it changed my perspective on things. So I, that's why I think it goes to that for Magma for album of the, of the decade. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as... That album, I remember I was a huge Gojira fan, like, when I was getting into um, metal, like, more heavy metal in high school, Um, and I remember for a while, um, I think I started listening to them maybe 2014 or 2015, so Magma wasn't out yet, and my favorite albums were From Mars and L'Enfant Sauvage, and I remember Magma being a little bit of a disappointment, just because it, like, wasn't like, as heavy as the stuff they were doing before. Um, but uh, the, specifically the songs uh, Silvera, um, The Cell, and uh, Lowlands were, like, pretty heavy rotation for me. Um, so, yeah, and I've seen them, like, three times, and they, they always play songs from that album, and they kick-ass live. You've actually seen them live? Yep. How are they live? They're amazing live. Um, they're one of the few, like, metal bands where I feel like it's not just you know, a mosh pit in one area and then a bunch of people standing with their arms crossed around Gojira. Like, everyone moves to Gojira. And, yeah, the crowd energy was fantastic. Hmm. Um, And they really, like, get into it live, too. You can tell they really enjoy playing their music. That's good. I I mean, with the energy that they provide, at least from what I've heard, like, I've never seen them live, but when when I do listen to them, they they sound very, very powerful, very... Almost like it gives it a very dangerous vibe, and I feel like if I were to go to one of those shows, the crowd would mimic the very same energy, and that's good. That shows that they really, uh, 
they really deliver during live performances. I yeah. would love to see them live. Oh, they, yeah, they absolutely do deliver. The, I, the first time I saw them, they were opening for Mastodon, and when Mastodon came on, every, it was just snooze fest because Gojira, like, just... Like to- totally set the bar so Which is, high. That, well, also like, didn't, that's they, fair. didn't Mastodon just release like um, their 2011 or 2012 or what? What album think, was that? Uh, that was right after Crack the Sky. Uh, after Crack the Sky was the Hunter, but the one that was not as much a disappointment as the one after that, though. Once we're on the sun, uh, I disagree. Once we're really? on the sun, I think Once we're on the Sun's a pretty good album. <laughs> I I don't know. I just, well, dude, wait, I I feel like I should have gone to that right show. Now. I would have been like the one dude actually fucking headbanging to Mastodon. I love Mastodon. <laughs> oh, I do too. Nice. Yeah, I think it's it's just like the way they play live is super boring. They just kind of like stand there. They don't seem like they want to be there. Kind of like how I described. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I've never seen them live either. So yeah. that's that's a different picture. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I remember. Yeah, Kojira just like blew everyone's heads off they were so fucking awesome live hmm. um and yeah so anyway let's uh so we're gonna go in reverse order from last time so i think me and then liam and then jackson sounds good yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. all right so all three of us um our number one was the same artist um which is interesting yeah. and they're definitely like kind of the artist that i think kind of changed everyone's lives almost like it changed changed music forever <laughs> um i don't know it's, people are either going to think that that's super cringe or that, totally agree with it and that's totally fine we love being divisive on this podcast that artist is death grips um my favorite <laughs> album was the money store that's still like my number one actually if you go to my last fm i'm pretty sure i have played i have scrabbled that album 1170 times so that's like average 100 times per song um and i discovered this album back in like 2015 um actually liam was the one who showed me this album oh yes yes um you showed me to it or you showed it to me in january of that year and then i you showed me the song get got i think and it was kind of sitting in my spotify starred playlist for a while and I listened to it every now and then, and I was like, okay, it's kind of cool, I guess. It's a little weird. I don't really get it. Because um, I, I tried to listen to the rest of the album, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't really understand like what they're trying to do. And then I think it was like September of that year that I was I was like just in the mood for some like really aggressive hip-hop you know i hadn't discovered like a lot of trap music yet or like any of the other kind of like heavier side of hip-hop and so um but i had remembered in the back of my mind oh there's that death grips band i i kind of faintly remember them being something that i, I might be into i don't know that death grips be hitting different <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so i then i put on that album again and this time i was just absolutely hooked and i could not stop listening to it like non-stop um and that's just like became my favorite album like ever i think it's it sits among uh three albums that i would consider a perfect 10 the other two being Con- uh, jane doe by converge and loveless by my bloody valentine um both of which are not in this decade which makes this the easy contender for my album of the decade um <clears throat> that's fucking awesome when yeah a, when an album can really like stand out as like your favorite album of all time yeah and Definitely. you can just jam at them at any point you can pull them up no matter where you are, and you, you can have a good time listening to them. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's actually crazy because I don't, like, with every other album that I've ever listened to, including, like, my number two of the decade, my number three of the decade, four or five, like, all of these albums, I would say, that, like, I get tired of them sometimes. And this album, I just don't ever get tired of. Like, I can just listen to it forever, like, until I die. <laughs> um,. I guess I should describe the album for people who aren't familiar with Death Grips. Uh, it's, they're a band that kind of combines uh, hip-hop and electronic music and industrial music and kind of punk. Um, little bits of noise here and there. Yeah, too. Little yeah, bits of noise. noise. Um, they're very abrasive. They're very energetic. And this album in particular, I think, kind of has like a futuristic feel to it almost. Um, yeah, Just with like does. all the all the mm-hmm. synths that are going on and, and samples. Um all this, master of synths. Oh yeah, the master of synths and samples. The yeah. musicianship on here is really impressive, and I think people tend to overlook that when they first listen to it because it's just there's so much going on that it's so overwhelming at first. Um, but like I think upon multiple listens, this is what makes it so good and have so much replay value is that every time you listen to it, you hear more intricacies in the album. Um, Get God is probably still my favorite song on the album, although it's like very nearly tied with 
um, like Hacker. I would say every other song grows on you with that album. Like Get God just like blows you away and then everything else just like sets you back up to really understand what Death Trips is actually getting at with their art. Yeah, Blackjack, I've seen footage. There's so many great tracks on there. And yeah, I've like you said, they all kind of grow on you over time because at first, like, some of the songs fade into the background or whatever, but then other times you listen to it and it's like, wow, like, I had no idea, like, that I would like that, end up liking that song so much. Um, so, yeah, Death Grips, The Money Store, fantastic album. Um, easy pick, favorite of the decade. My runners-up, uh, I, w- I want to shout out Cosmo Grandma by Flying Lotus, uh, which is another, like pretty experimental like kind of trippy um electronic album um i think uh flying lotus there's two artists that made me want to get into sound design and those two artists are flying lotus and Amon tobin um Mm. but this album in particular uh kind of like uh i want to say it like transformed just the way that i like view um like how to put sounds together to make music and like the possibilities of um you know, sampling and blending different things together. Um, it inspired and, you. Yes, absolutely inspired me. And uh, I think it's one of those albums that is the greater than the sum of its parts because when you listen to the individual songs, they're pretty cool, but I think it flows really well as an album. And it kind of like dips into a lot of different ideas, um, but that's what makes it feel like it's kind of like always flying forward is that it just dips into certain ideas without like fully building them out. But it kind of like... You know, you you get to feel a lot of different emotions, like one after the other. That's um, definitely how you know when it's a passion project too, because yeah. when, when you find, when you come across albums that are just static across track to track, it's like, you know, like I'm yeah. just gonna put on something else right now. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm not even gonna finish this. <laughs> They're so, just going through the motions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but this album, I mean, you can like kind of feel his soul like through through the music. Um, the the closing track on that album is really cool. Uh, I, had a, I had kind of a moment listening to that song when I was like about to see Flying Lotus at the Hollywood Bowl and just like the lights looked really pretty and that last song was on and it was like really like every time I think of that song every time I hear that song I think of that now um and there's a lot of really good tracks on that I think Thundercat plays bass on a few tracks uh Thundercat's always really cool um yeah really good album and then uh I should just do a quick shout out because I'm kind of talking a lot um <laughs> uh Animals as Leaders The Joy of Motion yes. is another fantastic album um and one more uh run the jewels too nice. there That's we good. go yep. Solid pick. good pick yeah all right liam you want to go yeah so i'll actually get to my um runners up slash shout outs to these albums first because we don't want to get too ahead of the death grips yeah talk one after another <laughs> for sure um so my runner up for album of the decade is frankly uh to be kind by swans that album left such a ridiculous impression on me, going back to it so many times. Like, when you first hear an album like that, when it's so big and epic and expansive and it goes all over the place, sonically, lyrically, just, it does, it, it, it's like, it's that album to me that does everything that you could ever want out of a rock band. Um, yeah, To Be Kind is just a ridiculous two-hour odyssey down Michael Jarrah's brain, but it's like, it's like the best thing ever because he's he's very I don't even know if I want to say animated but the way he performs on stage and in on his albums is very like unique to him unique to Michael Jarrah. I just always appreciate that about him and his music. But To Be Kind was just so ridiculous in how epic it was and none of the tracks are not even bad for a split second everything just makes sense there's it, never a dull moment no it always enthralls you it always enthralls you even if it's not being particularly heavy and it's being more like like whacked out like just kind of weird or just doing whatever it's doing it's still very captivating and it's kind of hard to not enjoy it despite it not being like like something you can just like say like oh that's just a great thing like Michael Jarrah really adds a lot of depth to the way he presents himself in his band and his projects so i always found that very captivating about him and about to be kind specifically but my album of the decade pick is jenny death by death grips because when that album came out i was just obsessed with it for probably six months at least and it still it still has left a very deep impression on me as well because that is Death Grips, I think, at their most most creative, at their most varied, 
but also still sounding just incredibly powerful, incredibly punked out, especially with the way the, tra the uh, album opens up with I Break, my I Break Mirrors with My Face in the United States. What a, mm -hmm. what a title track. <laughs> but um, it's just a ridiculous album. It has so it takes so many different twists and turns, like with songs like On GP. That oh, really I do break love up. that song. Yeah, that song is so different from the rest of the album, but it's still so great in just the way that Death Grips knows how to make great music. Yeah. So that's my mm -hmm. thoughts on Album of the Decade. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm, just, I'm really glad you picked that, because On GP is like, that's a pretty emotional song. and like It's it's one of their more emotional songs, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's super not something you would like just expect from listening to the rest of the album or the rest of their discography. No. Um, yeah, it touches on some pretty deep topics and uh, it helped me through a really tough time when I was working a shitty job a couple years ago. Um, so props to that song and props to that album. Um, Death Grips is probably like one of the most consistent artists of this decade. I think that's why we have so much. Uh, love for them on this episode oh absolutely most definitely um all right so let's uh continue on let's see what jackson's picks are well for album of the decade i have a a band that is tragically a, a one-hit wonder uh batushka on their album from 2015 liturgia it's like a almost like a greek orthodox black metal album huh. and it's really just pretty like they're actually Polish, but it's just really pretty. They have, like, the Greek Coptic chants, and they have, like, these, like, bell parts, and... But it's all blended in, like, a metal fashion? It's all, like, a blackened metal fashion. Huh. And it's, it's, it's such... It's honestly a lot different than most traditional black metal, and it, it's just so beautiful. It's an emotional journey, too. You feel there's highs and lows. And then, right, there's this, like, one part, and I think in, like, the third or fourth song... Where they have like a really kind of sad part, leaves you just wondering what's going to happen next. And they have this beautiful, just clean guitar riff. <laughs> and it's just these beautiful chants. And it's just so uplifting. And it's, it's, you always take away something new every time you listen to that album, really. Yeah, for sure. Where'd you find that album? Like, where were you at when like that album kind of like, you know, when it came your way during Honestly, that time? Honestly, I was. I was just, um, I think I was living in Mission Viejo at the time, and I was, like, in between jobs and trying different classes, and honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, and I was starting to feel kind of down that I wouldn't really amount to anything, but uh, that song just kept me up, and it's always really fun to listen to, um, to it on a bus or just traveling, because it's, like, a perfect 40, 50-minute album oh, okay. that will just last a perfect bus track, and, uh... I was going to say, yeah, it's, I was originally just to browse through YouTube to find it, and when I found it, it was just so beautiful, I couldn't stop listening, I shared it to uh, Liam when we were going to uh, his favorite Raising Cane's, <laughs> and he loved it too, and it's, it's just so atmospheric, it's kind of, kind of atmospheric as well, but I like really that kind it's, of music, it's yeah. just an emotional journey, it's so nice to listen to, even on like the shittiest headphones, you can enjoy it. I'll have to give it a listen. That sounds really that sounds really cool. I highly recommend you do. Um and then runner up would have to be um Problem of the Decade. Runner up would definitely have to be Kid See Ghosts by Kanye West and Kid Cutie. That's also really nice emotional, pretty this feeling album. Honestly, in my opinion, one of the last great Kanye albums unfortunately yeah. and it was a real good comeback for kid cutie from speeding bolt to heaven it was just a solid fun to listen to and i always just end up feeling just nice and good and wholesome yeah sweet comeback indeed I'm that zero to ten like yeah. turn around <laughs> yeah on the fantano melon scale yep <laughs> all right what was your album of the decade then oh uh, that was uh liturgia Oh, really? So you changed it from the Death Grips album? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, cool. So, oh yeah, Shane's pick, uh, since he's not here. Uh, he wrote three on here, and I don't know what was his number one, but he wrote Death Grips, The Money Store, Baroness, Purple, and uh, Stromae. I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Racine Carré. It's a French uh, 
think it was like a uh, Euro dance electro swing album. Uh, yeah, electro swing. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't expect that from Shane. That was a really no, no, did I. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was really cool. It was really, uh, really fun and kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it because he, he mostly listens to I, I think like a lot of metal and um, and so that was kind of a kind of a left turn there. But, yeah, he's but I liked it. Much more cultured than I thought. <laughs> Um, cool. So, yeah, those are our picks. Uh, since we still have some extra time, I uh, wanted to go through, see how much we agree with uh, with the, the, the god of all music websites, Rate Your Music. Oh, um, of course, of course. Players <laughs> um, be. They have... Uh, there are some albums we didn't get to look around to, we'll admit, like uh, yes. the new Swans album. I yes. still have not listened to Leading Meaning, even after I blew To Be Kind for like a minute. <laughs> um... So their number one, it's pretty obvious what their number one would be. So this is, just for anyone who doesn't know, this is like an amalgamation of like ratings from like thousands, probably tens of thousands of users across the internet who all, you know, have album collections. And then it kind of compiles it into like this chart of what them, they as a community, like top albums are. So if we look at the decade list, the number one, obviously, is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Um, which I think, I don't know, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I think that that album's a little overrated. Um, it's only overrated because it's hard to go back to and listen to again. I think that album blew me away completely when I first listened to it, but when going back to it, it's like, these songs aren't enjoyable on their own. It's weird. It's like you need the full album experience of that album. Yeah, I feel like people... Although I will also say how much dollar cost is my favorite rap songs of the decade, so... Yeah. <laughs> I really do think that, so. That is, that. yeah, that's definitely one of my highlights from the album. And I think I agree with you that it, like, it's, yeah, like I described Cosmogramma, it's kind of like the it, the album is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes, Where, like, if you is. go back and listen to, like, a single song from that album, it's a hit or miss whether it's actually, like, good on its own, but yeah. the album kind of tells a story. I think that's what people like about it. Uh, I'm not much of a lyrical person, so the album didn't do much for me, uh, but there's definitely a few tracks from there that I really, really enjoyed, like All Right, Black of the Berry, uh, How Much a Dollar Cost, um, a lot of those. Uh, the number two was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West, much too probably fantano's dismay no <laughs> and mine really? i don't like that album i think it's his most overrated album oh shit um well, but kanye's reception has always been so mixed and bizarre like can you really call his albums overrated even <laughs> yeah. i don't know i mean yeah. he's on a whole different scale than us mortals so. actually let's just mention <laughs> on that topic jesus is king definitely biggest disappointment of this year oh yeah, yeah. we can all agree i think so yeah, yeah. that album was a huge disappointment jesus todd in my opinion so. <laughs> Todd. yeah i don't know i liked mbd mbdtf i think it was i don't know i'm not super into kanye but like i think i've listened to each of his albums at least once and i remember this being one of my favorites uh, and, well, not just remember, I've listened to this pretty, a lot, uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't call it anywhere near my album of the decade. Graduation is the best album. There. Graduation is the best album? Isn't um, that one of his, like, poppier ones? Oh, wait, what am I, no, I'm talking about the one before that, College Dropout? College Dropout. Yeah. College yeah. Dropout was his first album. Uh. Oh, no, it was Late Registration? Late Registration is his second album. Yeah, I, I get all mixed up with old, old Kanye. <laughs> uh, yeah, most people, like, if, you, if you look at the RYM ratings for each one, uh, College Dropout is the second behind MBDTF, and then Late Registration's right underneath that, I think. Okay. Um, God, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to fucking pop music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. really mess around that stuff. Is Kanye pop? He started off as like hip-hop, but... He yeah, not he's, he's just a, a genre. Graduation overboard. was poppy. I think yeah. hip-hop sort of became pop, right? That too, yeah. but that was Parts like later it. in the 2010s, like, like graduation the, the commercial Zenith part. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, their number three was Good Kid Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Um, that album was really big. enjoyable to me. Yeah. I still go back and listen to it occasionally. Yeah, I liked it. I like um, I like a few tracks. It's kind of the same as Chip and Butterfly for me. There was like a few tracks that I think are awesome, um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't typically... Go back to there definitely are some weak points on Good Kid, like that you can like spot more easily, like Poetic Justice. Yeah. I don't like, like that song that too much. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really think of other tracks though, because I love most of the tracks on that album. It is a good album, and it has a very good narrative flow. Mm -hmm. Both that and Tupin Butterfly do do those. So yeah, that's just what Kendrick does. 
I think this next one was on one of your lists, Liam. Black Star by David Bowie. Oh, yes, I was considering that album. I still love that album, but um, going back and listening to it again, I thought that that album was a little odd because this, the title track, Black Star, is far more just dreary and depressing compared to those other, other songs in that album. So it does do a good job at setting you up for the lyrical path it's going down, but... It's also very heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, it's a very heavy-handed album. Like, it's not at all metal. It's not at all this, that, or the other. It's just a very experimental album for David Bowie. He really was influenced a lot by, actually, Death Grips and Kendrick Lamar oh, no for making that album. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I wanted to experiment a lot with electronics and just throwing out whatever they could. I have a lot of respect for, like, old artists who have been in the game for a while who also have respect for modern music and how it's evolved, you know? Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. That, that needs to be recognized, Yeah, I think. Because I think, especially, like, especially when you look at, like, the old metal guys and how they love to talk shit on, like, hip-hop. Oh, and, yeah. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> the old guys and hip-hop. And yeah. <laughs> They'll talk shit on each other, too, though, so... That's true. There's no... What's that? Real nothing uh, off-limits with them. Simpsons meme, but uh, how do you, like... It's like metalheads versus other people, metalheads versus metalheads, worst enemies. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the number five here was Atrocity Exhibition by Danny Brown. Excellent album. Hell Excellent yeah. Excellent album. Yes. I really want to check out Danny Brown a lot more because from what I hear, he sounds, he's on a really unique sound. It's like funky, it's fun, it's, and his personality is in the music just Something you don't hear a lot, and something I definitely want to get more into. Because mm-hmm. whatever I do here, I really like. Yeah, Danny Brown's another really consistent artist. I liked the album he put out this year, too. Um, and, like, the two that came before this one were also really good. Uh, number six, we have Death Grips the Money Store, of course. Yep. Um, then Sufjan Stevens, Carrie Ann Lowell. I still need to listen to that. I... I like Sufjan a lot, but I just was not interested in that album. I thought I just would not dig like something that personal, hmm. at least at the time that it released. Maybe I just never like just thought of it when the mood would would have been right. Because that album definitely is very depressing. Yeah, very depressing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I have a lot of friends who are into that uh, group, but I haven't really checked them out yet. Uh, Swans to be kind. Yes. Uh, Frank Ocean, Blonde, number nine. That's kind of interesting. I liked it a lot, but yeah, that actually it a little bit. I think that actually made Pitchfork's album of the decade number one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Just right above, uh, right above Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Pitchfork, there was just some interesting ones. I haven't listened to Beyonce's self-titled. That made number three. Um, Paper Butterfly number four. Let's see what else is on here. Um, where did the money store? Where how, where did the money store go on Pitchfork's list? That was number one hundred seventeen. Wow, interesting. Uh, we had Death Heaven, Sa- Sunbather at one twenty three. Hmm. We had Run the Jewels two at one thirty one. Um, I was also considering Sunbather for album of the decade, but that album's flaws just don't ever get better with time. Really? Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think so. It does drag out as an album, but I do actually think the longer songs are more solid. Ironically enough, huh. it just as an album experience, I think it can be kind of exhausting, even to me. Yeah, I, th- yeah, so I think I agree like with that. that. Unfortunately, yeah. And that's definitely for me like more of a song by song album than like a whole experience. Yeah. Because sure, I yeah. I really honestly I can say like every like every one of the first five songs on that album has like had an impact on me. Like uh other than the title track, I think. Like tracks one, two, four, and five are like all excellent to me. But yeah, as an album it gets kinda tiring. Um But yeah, so we went over rate your music we went over pitchfork uh and how those lists compare to our lists do we want to if we had to like pick a unanimous like we had to agree on an album of the decade i wonder what that would be hmm i'll put in my vote right now for um jenny death yeah but it is only because i'm such a huge fan of that album i could agree with jenny death because i think that's probably 
like my second or third favorite Death Grips album. But yeah, I mean, like if we all had to like, you know, sacrifice our personal opinions for like the a podcast, if we had to like uh, um, uh, sponsor like a number one, you know, listening oh. circle certified album of the decade that mm. all of our listeners are going to go listen to right now. What was that mm. one great, fantastic album by Taylor Swift in 2010 that nobody remembered? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, moving on. So I think for me, uh, opinions aside, because I, I definitely, ever since I got hooked on Gojira, I, I have that album... Whenever I'm in a rough spot or I'm going to work and I need something to jam out to, I'll, I'll pop on Gojira. But if I'm actually going to have, like, and this might sound weird, an unbiased opinion um, of a collective decision for, like, album of the dec- decade, regardless of who, who is at the table, I would actually go with The Money Store by Death Grips. Um, I've heard from other people saying <laughs> that that's actually been, like, one of their favorite albums in, like, the past couple of years. I, they haven't used decade obviously Mm -hmm. but i have heard from other people saying that they really enjoyed that album and that it's like almost left a weird and unique impact on like the 2010s it woke up a lot of people including me to like music nerdiness on the internet Mm -hmm. so i feel like that album is actually really influential in that dimension like you can actually like point to it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. imprint is the exact word i use to describe the money store really put death grips out there in their sound and i just i think for me personally the 2010s are really heavily influenced by Death Grip's sound as their experimental, whatchamacallit. It's just... Even Kanye ripped them off, so... Yeah, they've really made a mark on me, honestly. I'm a huge fan now. Yeah, honestly, when you think about, like, all of the artists that sort of, like, became popular because of the influence that Death Grip's had on them, like JPEG Mafia... And, oh, yeah. Like, you could even argue Clipping, maybe, even though they emerged, like, at the same time as Death Grip, so they... Clipping is great. Yeah. Really. Saw it was really cool. Oh yeah, they were at the Adult Swim Festival. Yeah, they were super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who else? Like Injury Reserve, of course. Um, yeah, Death Grips definitely like kind of made their mark on like music in this decade. I think, and the Money Store was that was the album that popularized them, right? Because that was their only like major label um, release before they got dropped from their major label, right? Technically, yeah. I think No Love Deep Web did come out on Sony Music, but they leaked it like two or like a few weeks before. Well, right, like they that. leaked oh. it on they leaked it on Torrents, so it didn't end up coming out on the record. Oh, they did just fail out cancel them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny because no, that's like the one wow. Death Grip album I have on vinyl. Nice. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. The Money Store is our listening circle certified album of the decade i'll agree with that (laughs) i like jenny death more but the money store definitely like i would not have the friends that i do because of that album i think most of us can agree with that death grips really is a bonding experience fun for the whole family (laughs) fun for the whole family yes (laughs) when i have kids i'm gonna get started early on that (laughs) here's an interesting question what do we think that death grips is gonna do in the next decade since like oh man they totally like they started in what 2011 and they had yes every Um, ex-military came out 2011 yep and every year like death grips did something and now like what's what do they have left to do you know where do they go from here frankly i think the only place they could go would just be more heavy on the electronics like maybe try to take that like at least in terms of the instrumentals, take that punk influence completely out. Like, no electric guitar is just a very heavy, like, almost like, maybe like electronic body music almost, you could say, inspired by. I'd say possibly some, like, trance-type psychedelic stuff. Something that makes, like, a surreal, ambient-type feel. Ambient. Because I think they could really do something along the lines of, like, I don't want to say shrooming music, but... I, I could definitely see that. Do you think Death Grips would ever do an album without drums? No. Oh, Zach Hill looking No. Honestly, no. Uh, I, I would is... be very disappointed if they did. <laughs> Zach Hill is way too much a part of the Death Grips trinity of Ride, Morton, and the Great Hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know what? I actually would... I wouldn't mind if they didn't change a thing. Because yeah. they... They have such a unique sound, and they have such they have such a, a unique presence in what they do in in their own niche music industry and their audience. I I feel like that they can ride that for a long time. I feel like they I can, can milk that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, 
I, I, I feel like they can earn a lot from just, I mean, obviously not repeat the same thing over and yeah. over like that. Mm-hmm. That's a general thing, but like, uh, just staying true to their roots, I guess, is the best way to summarize yeah. that. I think so, yeah. And I think there's, like, you know, it's, it's hard to say because we're not in the band writing the music, but I feel like there's still a lot they can do, even, like, within the sound that they've sort of established, you know? And they've proven it with all the prolific uh, output that they've released this decade, you know? Every album kind of sounds different, but it's still very much Death Grips, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love their, like, fun, cryptic lyrics, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. MC Riley, you don't know what they mean, but... They're definitely noticeable. Mm-hmm. Like I got the nasty in my taxi. You need a lift. You got the nasty <laughs> in my dick. That was. That's oh, definitely man. a. Yeah, oh, inspiring. Inspiring. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of the things that come out of MC Ride's mouth are indeed all inspiring. Maybe not for you. He's a national treasure. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you have our artist of the decade, you have our albums of the decade and the year, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Go listen to all those albums right now. We're probably going to put together like a playlist of all of them. We should. That's a good idea. Yeah. Have Um, fun inside. (laughs) Wow. We'll see everybody in 2020. Yes. 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 There's like a 99% chance we will continue something in 2020. Um, And stay tuned to all our social media. Join us on Discord. <coughs> don't be don't be inactive. Don't be a lurker. Okay. Um, engage. Yeah, post a comrade Jeb so that way him and I aren't just posting dumb, <laughs> random ass socialist memes all day. Yes. <laughs> we need more socialist memes, guys. Yes, so we, we get, gotta get all People's the people's commas are Jeb demands it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, peace. Skeet skeet. Ha, ha, ha.